flight Q20, go. Sound QC, go. Good evening, and welcome to the University of the I, I'm one of those people who I love to wear as many hats as possible and I really uh, I like to try new things which I think a lot of people are scared to do. High school a completely different person than I am now if if I'm being completely honest. I had a lot of fun in high school but I feel like college was better. Um, personally for me I had an internship I took an internship every single summer that I was in college and I think that really helped not only figure out who I was in the real world, but also figure out how to live in the real world, how to not be in your college town. I was in Brevard, North Carolina. I was in Tampa, Florida, just all, and meeting deep people from all different walks of life. Yeah. And that's what I really commend Ozarks. My name is Susan Edens, and I've always loved good stories. This podcast is a place for interesting people to tell their stories. My guest on episode two is from Mountain Home, Arkansas, and is completing her undergraduate degree work at the University of the Ozarks. I am a professor at the university, and I've known Daisy several years, and she never ceases to amaze me with her dedication, academic excellence, and kind spirit. When she's not in the Sea Theater putting shows on the stage, she's creating media content in the Communication Studies Department, including videos, social media posts for the current theater production, and producing an award-winning radio show. How does she do it? Where does this enormous talent and drive come from? How does she balance time so she doesn't burn out? We're about to find out on this episode of Story Chaser. So let's pretend that you're at a career fair mm -hmm. or maybe a graduate school fair. Okay. And it's set up like speed dating. You know what? Yeah, dating? yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you have 30 seconds to tell them about yourself. Okay. Go. Hi, my name is Daisy Woodbury. I am a senior at the University of the Ozarks, a dual major in theater and media production. Um, I am applying and wanting to join your technical direction MFA program. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about. Um, I love theater, I love media, and I want to find a way to blend those two worlds together. So tell me about the person that you've been building since you got to campus at University of the Ozarks a few years ago. I, I would say I'm a completely different person. And I, and I feel like every college student who is now at their senior year, their peak of their college career is like, oh my gosh, I don't know who I was my freshman year. But, and, and I think that's a good thing to say. I, you do a lot of changing and you do a lot of growing. Personally, I found out who I was mentally was going through like, oh, the challenges of being a double major, the challenges of theater not really being, and media even too sometimes, not being as recognized as most sports are on campus and fighting for that equality for these programs, uh, learning to, to stand up for myself and what I love and what I believe in is, is a big focus of what I've really been working on. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um it's interesting to find out about somebody else's world. You know, like for us, uh, not so much, I mean, I'm not, not really an athlete. And I, mm -hmm. I think your focus is elsewhere too. Mm -hmm. So 
sometimes it's interesting to find out what goes into another life and the time and and um, how to be successful yes. and things like that. And so you've had this time, like you said, in theater and in the media production world, making videos, making stories, radio shows, mm-hmm. um, and maybe also seeing not just your own uh, efforts, but those of your peers in those yes. programs. And I think that's what often goes unrecognized is the amount of work that people put in. Because, you know, when you go see, like, a play, you're like, oh, my gosh, the actors, they're amazing. I love them. I love their performances. But you never recognize the technical people who are there every day. You, yes, the director directed the show, but once the show opens, no one cares about the director. Like, and I hate to say that, but... finding that appreciation for the underappreciated people. And I think that goes back to my big focus of loving myself, but also finding ways to appreciate others who aren't receiving that same love and attention. Yeah. Let's talk about when it's showtime, because that's that's kind of like video. Um, A lot of the work is done beforehand, before Mm -hmm. we actually put it out into the world. And so I wanted to ask you about um, now, tell me what you're doing with the current show. Are you a stage manager, dramaturge, combination? What What's your role? And then I have another question. Okay, I have a lot of roles for this show because okay. um, uh, this show is part of my senior thesis for media and for theater because I wanted to find a way to blend those two worlds together. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we opened last weekend, November 9th, and as of November 9th, I am the stage manager, the assistant technical director, the lighting designer, oh. the dramaturg, and uh, the media, social media specialist. Wow. Yeah. Okay, hold that. <laughs> hold that handful of job titles and work. Mm-hmm. Do you feel a sense of relief once the show is on once it's maybe even a final rehearsal you start to feel some relief there you still feel in nervous but then do you feel real relief when the show is it's on yeah i'm going i'm in the audience i'm watching the show how are you feeling behind the scenes so yeah i feel like i have more relief once we get past q to q um what q to q is is we go through the entire show and we jump from q to q to q so i'll be like i want to practice this light and sound cue and we'll do it and then the next light and sound cue might not be for five or six pages later then i'd be like okay actors skip to this line so we can go to the next cue so after that We'll do an all-day Saturday tech, which is we'll run the show, we'll do costumes, makeup, everything. And then once those elements start getting in place, once we start getting a real feel of the show, I I kind of have to let go. Mm -hmm. Um, Because at that point, it's whatever actors comes out of their mouths is what I can do. So if an actor skips a line that has a cue on it, I just have to skip that cue, which, fingers crossed, they don't. And they haven't. But... It's, it's kind of a sense of relief, but I feel real relief once the show's put on. Like, I feel a lot better going into my second weekend than I did going into my first weekend. Yeah, how do you like this new schedule for shows I, where, we, where we do almost a week in between? I love it. Um, just because, personally, I feel like the show isn't there until, like, show three. And so by the end of we, we do show three, we're done. That was the old schedule. We'd do three performances, and then the actors would be all hyped up, 
and then it would just be over. But now we can have another chance to raise more awareness. We did la this last weekend, so now word of mouth, spreading more uh, information. I went and hung posters up around town, encouraging people to come. For example, every night, so Thursday we had like 30 people, Friday we had 40-ish people, Saturday we had 50, so like every night more and more people came. And I think with this new format, the same thing will happen. Oh yeah, it, it's almost psychological mm -hmm. really. And um, you have done some summer work in professional theater. So do you think that this new schedule also reflects more accurately what it would be to do a season of summer stock off Broadway, Broadway, you know, show night after night after night? Yes, and I think it, and I think helps train the actors for that too. Because um, for most Broadway shows, you're performing seven nights a week, six nights a week, depending on the show. For the professional theaters that I worked at, um, they had 16 to 18 year olds doing seven performances in a weekend. Wow. Thursday, Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Like, that is hard, 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 hard. Um, and I think training our college students to also start reflecting in that schedule will help build their stamina, build their determination, and even help work on their character. Mm -hmm. What was high school like for you? High school? A completely different person than I am now, if, if I'm being completely honest. I had a lot of fun in high school, but I feel like college was better. High school taught me what I needed to know for college. My, my high school was, uh, I went to Mountain Home Career Academies in Mountain Home, Arkansas. And so how the high school was structured, it was almost structured like college. We were one of the first high schools in the state to switch to block scheduling. Um, our high school was divided up into like almost categories, I would say, based on your learning style. If you were a creative student, you'd be in the CAB Academy, which was Creative Arts and Business. And so you'd be taking teachers that were creative teachers and more hands-on. You had ACME, which was Agricultural Construction, Mechanics, and Engineering. So all the ag classes were there. You'd be teaching with teachers who were more focused in that learning style. And then they even had stuff for health and human services. So the people who are taking health science now in college. So I kind of knew what I wanted to do coming into college was theater and media because I was trained through my high school. And I'm so grateful for that. Sounds like a really progressive high school system. So that was in Berkeley, California, right? I know. I wish. <laughs> no, but Mount, Mountain Home. And I... Yeah, yeah. Three hours away. I mean, I think when people hear, I'm from Arkansas too, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm a devoted Arky. I'm proud of Arkansas. I'm proud of a lot of things of Arkansas, and I'm from a rural area, um, kind of like Mountain Home. Mm -hmm. um, so I I knew that, and I I said that, and just just because let's break a stereotype, and let's yeah. say. Um, it depends on what people in a community decide to do. It depends on who's on your school board. It depends on where they've been in the world that they can make a decision like that for a mountain town. Yes. And for its kids. Yeah, and I think um, there's been a lot of changing in leadership, but still, like my friends who are, because I have down the grapevine as the elder uh, graduate, I'll still go That's and you. I'll see like my high school teacher and I'll talk to her. Her name's Karen, Miss Karen Maupin. She's phenomenal. She'll come and see all of the shows here sometimes and I'll go see shows that I can and we have lunch every time I come into town. But just getting to hear like that they're still doing these programs. They're still pushing these students. We had students who were taking classes at the college 
So, so some of them were LPNs by the time they graduated high school. Wow. Which, wow. that's very That's impressive. a great model. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of communities should, should probably look at what's happening in Mountain Home, where mm-hmm. we got our guest, Daisy Woodbury. So, Daisy, what experiences do you think people should try to have while they're in college that might help them take their next steps, um, maybe professionally, but maybe also just uh, becoming that person more in tune with their own needs? What could they do? What kind of things mm-hmm. might they think about? What are some strategies they could use? Internships, mm-hmm. as many internships as you could possibly can. Um, personally for me, I had an internship. I took an internship every single summer that I was in college, and I think that really helped not only figure out who I was in the real world, but also figure out how to live in the real world, how to not be in your college town. I was in Brevard, North Carolina. I was in Tampa, Florida, just all and meeting deep people from all different walks of life. Yeah. And that's what I really commend Ozarks for. You're looking at the world in a wide angle lens, mm-hmm. not narrow, yes. like this is all there will ever be, just exactly what I'm doing mm-hmm. now, exactly who I'm with now with my friends, but you... You know there's more out there. Mm-hmm. And you, and it makes you, personally, it makes me want to explore more of the world. And, and I feel like breaking this narrow mindset and looking at the world through these wide eyes, you learn more about people emotionally, uh, physically. Um, you learn how to interact with people better, how to hold yourself in a more professional setting by getting these experiences early on. And that, and like I was saying, I really commend Ozarks for it because we have a huge international uh, student base. Oh, we've completely changed the demographic of Clarksville, Arkansas mm-hmm. in a wonderful way. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like most of my friends are from the Bahamas or Haiti, and I have learned so much about their culture, and I appreciate it. So much. I appreciate it. Don't appropriate it. I have to make that distinction because there's a weird line there that we have yeah. to focus on. Um, appreciating their culture, learning about other cultures is something that you really can do here at Ozarks. So you said earlier uh, that you have a handful of important jobs, and every job is important, so maybe I should say that differently, but um, that require a lot of advanced skills for the production the theater department is is putting on now, the revolutionists. Mm -hmm. Um, If you had known that you were going to adopt some of the ones that you've adopted in the last (laughs) couple of weeks up front, would it have been too daunting for you? No, I don't think so. I, I'm one of those people who I love to wear as many hats as possible. And I really, uh, I like to try new things, which I think a lot of people are scared to do. Um, and I don't want to make that generalization. But trying new things, and they're all different. Like lighting design, designing lights and how lights should go is different from technical direction where you're building sets, different from dramaturgy where I wrote a whole 34-minute presentation on the French Revolution, and then stage managing, which is just managing people in the stage all day long. Knowing the show inside out. I do. I know that sometimes I think I know the lines better than the (laughs) actors. I hope so. In a way. Uh In a way. Um... All right, so I I guess I want to talk to you uh, because I think you've kind of become an expert in this and some things you've shared with me over time. You do like to say yes to a lot of things, um, but you have a, 
think you have a graceful way of saying no mm -hmm. as well. Was that hard to do the first time? Yes. And I, th I think going back to your question on uh, what have, how have I grown in the past mm -hmm. 3.5 years, saying no has been something that I've really had to work towards. I've always been one of those people who's wanted to help out as much as I can, but at a time you have to focus on your own mental health. and But also recognizing that you can't just let everyone else do the work and you step back. So finding a balance to put in your work, put in as much as you can, but also take care of yourself. And I really I had a really hard time saying no up until like the middle of my sophomore year. There was a point at my sophomore year where I just like broke down. I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't know if this is what I want to do. I don't know if I'm ever going to be successful. But then I just had to look back and be like, I'm taking on too much. I have to narrow, narrow down what I want to do. And if that's doing theater or doing media or finding a way to bridge them both, just learning how to not overexhaust yourself, which I think my generation has a problem with, is trying to do everything all the time and living up to expectations, especially post-COVID. Everyone was stuck inside doing nothing for way too long. And I think coming back into the world, we want to do as much as we can, but we also have to realize we're just human. We have to take care of ourselves. So we're recording this on November 14th, 2023. Mm -hmm. And next week we have a couple days of school. We have Thanksgiving. And then it'll go really fast for you. <laughs> uh, for all our seniors who are graduating in, in the fall commencement here mm -hmm. at U of O. And um, what are your... I guess short-term hopes and, and things you want to try to do for fun mm -hmm. or family or what's next as far as school or work? As far as school, um, I still have a couple more things left. We're doing the documentary project on the civil rights trip. Uh, I was lucky enough to go to the civil rights trip with CHAPS and a bunch of people here at Ozarks where we went to Selma, Montgomery, um, Atlanta, and we got to see a bunch of different landmarks. They had been Pettus Bridge. So that was a lot of fun. So getting to do that documentary project about what we've learned and how yeah. the civil rights was. Yeah. So for people who don't know, CHAPS is mm -hmm. uh, our chaplain, Reverend, uh, Reverend Jeremy Wilhelm. <laughs> we all just call him CHAPS, so just so you know. <laughs> And, and you did that trip, but that trip was independent of the class, but mm -hmm. the timing was pretty good yeah. because we had a seminar class. What, what Daisy's talking about, we had a, a senior-level seminar class in communication, um, civil rights movement through documentary. Um, and so you guys are all taking segments of the time period that we covered, 55 to 65, and then presenting on that. Um, and that's... Uh, kind of a surprise thing for us to be doing mm -hmm. um, but it's coming together and you've got some good people to work with I for do. that so I'm kind of glad that's one of your last events I'm so excited and I think it's great to bring bring that to the Ozarks community because like we we done the trip before yeah. uh, the chaps chaps had done the trip he had brought students before but you didn't really know about it unless you were friends with someone on the trip. Mm -hmm. And, like, everyone thinks, oh, because he's the chaplain, oh, these trips are going to be super religious. He's going to – no, it's you're learning about the community. Again, going back to going and visiting the world and looking at the world through an open lens. 
uh, and I, I really commend him for that because that was really amazing. Yay, chaps. Yay, chaps. Yeah, really and, and then um, some other things. We're going to do some play readings, mm-hmm. um, finishing up the show, which is this weekend. Um, my last show, really, here oh. at Ozarks. Um, oh, the final time on the headset. It is. It's sad. Oh, yeah. Well, and then um, I actually will be, as soon as graduation's over, I will be back to Tampa, Florida, and I will be stage managing uh, Tuck Everlasting uh, for the Patel Conservatory. Are you already working on that? Yeah, so I've been doing um, every Tuesday at 1 o'clock, which coincides with our class. Um, We have a production meeting talking about finalizing the sets, getting the costume designer came today, Um, and I think that's a production meeting is something that isn't talked about a lot like the production people have to meet for the show to get put on for the actors to get in costumes and so we don't start rehearsals until like the 17th of january and what it's november november 14th and we're already having these meetings yeah because you have to get all that stuff ready it's like with the video projects we do if we're producing it we have to have the groundwork laid before we call the crew to the set Mm -hmm. or to the place we have to know the end of the story, in a sense, before mm-hmm. we even start putting people on stage. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So another thing we haven't talked about, and I wanted to make sure that we did touch on this, because this is another, um, I think, tool in your toolkit as you get ready to graduate, is producing a radio show. Yes. I work on the Great Broadway Musical Hour with Professor Emeritus Dr. Pat. Uh, he taught theater here for 17 years, I believe. It's been the best three years of my life working with oh. him. I, I I love that man. Um, we every it, it depends what the time, but currently, if you'd like to listen, it's Tuesdays at 11, and we will talk about anything from old musicals to new musicals and this man has so much knowledge and I yeah. learn from him every single day he does and he lives it mm-hmm. he goes back to New York all the time and goes to shows and he can tell you when he saw this show he had this for lunch and yep. this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and that is on KUOZ um, and if you want to try to pick up the live stream of that it's www.ozarks.edu forward slash KUOZ and that is Thursdays at 11 at 11 central time mm-hmm. um, but I know that that has touched his life as well working with you in particular and then the legacy of students who have come before you to help produce that before I let you go just for this like podcast is there anything else you'd like to talk about where Daisy is right now in her life Daisy is thankful for the mentors that she made here at Ozarks. And I don't think that's talked about enough is everyone's like, oh, I love I love the Ozarks community. I love my friends. I love everything. But I think a big focus where we forget to show love to is the faculty, like specifically you and uh, Dr. Macy Jones and Professor Lucas Hoyland and um, – Dr. Rhonda Shook. I know she's not here yeah. anymore, but... Uh, yeah, she's going to listen to this. Mm-hmm. You better get her in there. <laughs> you should. <laughs> You'll get shooked. Um, Russell Jones, like, yeah. this, the amazing people here. Uh, Dr. Emeritus, Dr. Ardena. There's so many. Like, I just yeah. can't... They're just amazing people. And I, the love that you guys show for your students is something that I think needs to be recognized uh, for everyone. Right, right back at you. I know I can speak for them, too. Just a, a joy to have you in class and and be around you and, and your spirit. Um, 
and to be able to be real with you, but at the same time, just have such a great professional relationship mm -hmm. and uh, look forward to you joining our alumni. Yeah, hopefully I can come back in all the alumni events. <laughs> so, hey, thanks, Daisy. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Daisy is about to don that cap and gown and join the thousands of University of the Ozarks grads to become an alum in an association that goes back almost 200 years. Her talent, knowledge, and approach to life will take her to some wonderful places, no doubt. I appreciate the time she took to talk to me on the podcast. Coming up on Episode 3 of Story Chaser, we'll meet another rock star of the University of the Ozarks who is rounding out her time as an undergrad in a few short weeks. Thanks for listening, and hey, if you like the show, hit that like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when new episodes drop. In the words of the great and precious former First Lady of the United States of America, Mrs. Rosalind Carter, do what you can to show you care about other people, and you will make our world a better place. <laughs>